Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Tuesday afternoon. Just got back from Ames, Rob Gray, uh, but uh, he's up at his house in Ankeny. They're continuing their work on the Jacobson building. Didn't want to record with all the loud noises in the background. So uh, both of us went home in order to, to knock this out. Uh, what's up, Rob? Not a whole lot. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it was the happiest of press conferences today uh up in Ames. Uh not necessarily a contentious one or anything like that. But, yeah. Uh obviously when you've got some of the issues that that Iowa State does right now and they're ones that have been existing issues. Uh you know, I think Coach Campbell gets tired of answering some of those questions, but man, it's it's hard for anybody to go into these press conferences and not, you know, have special teams at the top of their mind. And uh, you know, that was really I mean, I think that of anything we talked about during the press conference, that's probably the one that, you know, was hammered home, hammered home the most. Yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, got to be better in the punt game. And obviously that starts with the punt. I mean, you and Jeff talked about it. Everyone's seen it. And, you know, obviously coach Campbell's going to do what's best for the team. I did ask him a little bit off to the side though. And I think with some people, it doesn't change anything. You still got to be better uh, punting football, but, Corey Dunn, man, that guy not only couldn't play punting games, but couldn't even kick after he tore an Achilles, you know? Uh, So the fact that he's been inconsistent, I guess, shouldn't be that surprising, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta figure some stuff out. I mean, the the young man is extremely devoted and committed to this program cares a lot. I think that goes a long way with coach Campbell Um, really admires that in him, but I mean, obviously you need results on the field too. So We'll see where it goes going forward. Uh, maybe, you know, who, who knows, but uh, got to clean that up. And, 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 and man, if Andrew Mevis can kick touchbacks every time, you have him kick touchbacks every time. Right. Right. And I think that that's where some people's frustration lies. Like, I don't think anybody is like necessarily has like nefarious feelings towards Corey Dunn as a human, you know, yeah. like the, everybody should respect his, you know, his battle to get back into a position to even be on the field again. Obviously that's a really difficult injury. 
one that's really, really hard to, to work your way back from. I can't even imagine, let, let, me, let alone when you have your job is literally connected to, uh, you know, your feet and like the, the Achilles tendon is very important to your legs. Uh, but at the end of the day too, it's division one power five college football and yep. you need to be able to get the job done. And I think that that's where people probably become frustrated, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen. You obviously don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't even know if coach Campbell knows what's going to happen, but something has to change there where either he is able to get the job done at a more consistent rate, especially with the way that Iowa state wants to play football or, you know, you have to consider the possibility of making a change. And it does sound like, you know, that evaluation is kind of ongoing at this point. Yeah. I mean, you certainly hope that you're getting uh, as many legs, just giving it a shot there uh, while, while Don is still doing his work. And, and again, I mean, yeah, you, you can respect the heck out of a guy for how committed he is and how much he cares. But at, at the end of the day, you know, there are guys on the team who are committed and care that have never played, you know, and they're still valuable to the program and, and they're still valued within the program. But, you know, coach Campbell talks about eight players all the time. We, you need to have eight players everywhere and, and they need to be performing at a consistent level or, or they tend to uh, tend to get replaced. So, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward, but um, you know, you just, you just hope he gets it figured out because you know, that again, as we've talked about ad nauseum, that, that was such a killer, that line drive punt that, you know, the punt, the punt team had no chance. I mean, they, when you give, um, you know, Ebner, that type of head of steam and, and an ability to kind of pick where he wants to go. And ha- I mean, that's hard. I mean, <laughs> that's hard to deal with. And, and you just can't have that. I mean, as, as kind of, you know, the reason you lose a game in your own one in big 12 play instead of one and out, I mean, you just got to get it cleaned up and I'm confident that they'll all get it figured out, hopefully in a way that's, that's good for all involved. Right. And I, I think the other thing that coach Campbell, you know, tried to reiterate just that, you know, this program always does get better as the season goes along and it's frustrating to fans. We get that. I mean, I think that they get that, but it's just, I mean, I, I like, I won't lie. I'm, I was frustrated on Saturday. I mean, I'm, you're still frustrated with losing that game to Baylor. One that I think, you know, if a couple plays go another way that you win the game. And we talked about that on the post game report, but, uh, you know, I think that no one within the building is like hitting the panic button or anything by any means, because they know at the end of the day, this is like kind of how it has gone. And uh, like I said, I think that they know that's frustrating to fans, but at the same time, they've been here before and they know how to navigate their way through it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Chase Allen, I uh, was talking to him a little bit just about his journey. And, and he mentioned something that among five like qualities or things they highlighted this year and most important one he thinks is resiliency and it's one thing that the team has shown now again fans were hoping and they were hoping hey this is a season maybe get out of the gate unblemished you know we don't turn it over four times against iowa you know we don't have the you know starting four six drives inside the 10 yard line and all of that early on you know and and they're in the playoff conversation you know throughout the season and all that well Again, so much has to go right for that to happen. And the critical errors they've made from the four turnovers against Iowa to the inconsistency on special teams is the reason why you're two and two. And you've lost, to, I think, two pretty good football teams. Uh, it, and you can point to a couple of plays as, as, as the reason why uh, to some extent. So 
they're no different. They're still a really good football team. It's just when you make those critical mistakes, you're, you're not going to beat pretty good teams. So, you know, the playoff or no playoff, this team still has a lot that it can achieve and, and it can even be better the next season. You know, they'd have to run the table pretty much to do that, but uh, we've seen them come close to running the table or certainly ran the table in the regular season before uh, after some tough setbacks. So we'll see, but uh, they don't panic and they hang their hat on being resilient because they've seen it all. And it's less than ideal, of course, to have lost two out of the first four games, but there's so much left that they can still do. And I think they're confident that they can go out and win the rest of their games. So, I mean, it's, it's still an exciting place to be uh, looking at the bulk of the big uh, 12 season coming up. And luckily for them, they get a team that is not very good uh, to play this weekend. And that's the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, just, you know, there wasn't a lot of conversation about Kansas's personnel outside of coach Campbell mentioning, uh, you know, the, the quarterback, Jason Bean, who's one of the best athletes, I think probably in the league. Uh, he's had plenty of opportunities to show off his speed because he spends a lot of time running for his life, unfortunately for him <laughs> uh, so far throughout the year. But, uh, you know, I think you can tell that there's a lot of respect there from, you know, on coach at Campbell's end towards, you know, what Lance Leipold has been able to do so far uh, in Lawrence, what he did in Buffalo, what he did, prior to that at Wisconsin Whitewater. And there's the, you know, the, the long running rivalry at the division three level between Wisconsin Whitewater and, and Mount union uh, that coach Campbell described as unique uh, when I asked him about it today, but uh, you know, two guys who have had very similar journeys to the positions that they're in right now. And I think that they feel, you know, just in the coaching world, there's a lot of confidence that if there's going to be anybody who's going to be able to turn that thing around in Lawrence, it might be Lance Leipold with what he's, you know, built previously. And, you know, I, I guess maybe even maintained it at Whitewater. I don't know exactly what the, uh, you know, how that all came about, but, uh, you know, what he was able to, to do at Buffalo. And then uh, now moving his, his way to, to Kansas, I think they, you know, Chase Allen even said that he sees a lot of the 2016 Iowa state in this year's Kansas team, which, you know, I guess in theory, we would maybe start to see, you know, probably it, at the tail end of October or going into early November. So it's a team that they, they see improving. They think are doing a lot of the right things. It's just maybe the personnel is not there yet. Yeah, not not remotely there yet, but I think you're right. Um, the right co- right after making the absolutely wrong coaching hire, mm-hmm. unless Miles, which I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, except it, no, knowing now behind the scenes, some of the things that, should have been red flags and, and, uh, and all that. It's not crazy to think, okay, here's a chance. Here's a national championship winning coach. Why not bring in to make a little bit of a splash? Presumably the guy can coach because he's won a lot of football games and it just was a disaster for Kansas on so many fronts. Now you bring up a guy who's blue collar, quote unquote, just like coach Campbell coming up through division three, as you said, and then coming through the Mac um, gives them as good a chance as any. I mean, they've gone that route before, uh, it, it, and, it, and it didn't quite pan out. It, it, but as, as Chase Allen said, you've got to find a way to shift that culture. And if that doesn't happen, it doesn't matter who you bring in as a head coach. You can only start to – I mean, we saw them show glimpses, right, it, it, some of those seasons uh, in recent past, and they just can't get it turned around. I mean, it, there's no reason to believe they can't because, as, as again, as Chase Allen said, 
you know, Iowa state was kind of in coach Campbell said kind of the laughing stock after going through two win, three win seasons, a couple of winless big 12 seasons for four or five years after, <laughs> after some reasonable amount of success with coach Paul Rhodes. So, uh, at this point, they're just not remotely there. Now, again, if you make critical mistakes, whether it be ill-timed penalties, whether it be shank punts, whether it be giving up yet another special teams touchdown or something, young teams like that that are hungry, they'll, they, they can hang around. Things can change. And you just need to come out, play crisp, play clean, get a lot of guys involved, and hopefully just take care of business heading into that bye week where they can really, really hunker down and – and kind of set their sights on, on, on the rest of the season and all the exciting things to come. And hopefully everybody can stay healthy uh, yep. before a, a big trip to, to Manhattan uh, in two weeks. What, uh, what can we expect to see from you this week in, as far as content? Uh, I'm going to talk, going to touch on the special teams uh, today, obviously, because that was the, the, the talk of, and you know, rightfully so uh, of, of the news conference, um, few other tidbits, you know, notebooky stuff uh, today. And then I'd like to do some featurey stuff on Chase Allen, maybe comboing Zach Peterson in there um, uh, going into the Kansas game, because this is kind of like a, a life flashing before his a football life flashing, even though just life flashing before his eyes type of senior season for Chase Allen, where starts playing against his brother, you know, where his dad was a legendary coach at UNI. And then his dad, of course, coached Kansas for, for, and, 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 and Chase was born there. And, you know, he remembers being a toddler cheering on the Kansas Jayhawks through some not great seasons. And then, uh, you know, so he's it, within five games, kind of his whole, <laughs> a lot of his, um, I don't know, life is, 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 is kind of flashing there. And, and he also coming off arguably, I'd say his best game, as a cyclone and, and, and Matt Campbell really saying he is a true leader, a beacon on that offense and has been for a long time. So I just want to feature a little bit more on him, what it's meant, uh, what he's meant to the program and certainly what he's shown he can do now and being a, a true uh, downfield threat and not just a, not just a blocker who occasionally catches a ball, but a guy who can be a, a primary target uh, for Brock Purdy in this offense. Sounds great, bud. Well, uh, we'll catch up with you. Well, I don't know if we'll do one of these next week since there won't be a press conference, but uh, we'll figure that out and then we'll catch up with you down the road. Sound good? Fantastic. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll hand it off to coach Campbell and his weekly press conference from earlier today. All right, guys, uh, we'll get rolling. Um, you know, I'm sure any questions you guys have certainly from Saturday, but, um, you know, really good meeting yesterday with our football team. I, I think I talked a lot about the game on Saturday. Um, I still think great improvement from where we were to where we are right now. And, and that part I'm excited about, um, you know, got a great challenge this week. You know, I, I would say this from the Kansas perspective, you know, so impressed with, with Coach Leipold. Obviously, knowing him, knowing what he's about, what he stands for you can tell it's a team that certainly believes you know even in the little details and areas that vastly improved it's really impressive so I, I think great challenge uh, one of the best athletes that we'll play against in the big 12 at, at quarterback for Kansas so a great challenge for our football team and our program on Saturday so obviously with that said and whoever wants to start Randy go ahead um, a couple of the players compared after the game Saturday, compared the start in 2021, compared what could happen, compared it to the 2019 season, mm -hmm. um, you know, and how you guys rallied during that season. 
Is that, is that um, a fair comparison justified? What are your thoughts on that comparison? Well, I would compare every season we've started here other than 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 have all been the same. So the choice is, do we For sure, but same start, right? I mean, literally, uh, you're two and two, three and two, four and two, you know, like it's all the same. And so, you know, I think for us, do you get better? Do you continue to improve? Does your leadership stay the course? Do you put yourself in a position to be where you want to be? They're they're not any different, and so you know the the telltale sign. It's like I said on Saturday. We'll see who we are and what we become at the end of the football season. I, I think that's how it'll always be here. Not to say those records. To me, it doesn't matter what your record is at this point. It matters who you are in October, November, and December because I think that's what the telltale sign of what your football team's about. One more question in that mm -hmm. vein. Um, the players are essentially the same. Coaches are essentially the same. Dave Andrews is, is is the wild card difference. What can he bring? What's he what what can he mean for for the rest of, of this season, for example? Yeah, you know, I, I think you know, I I think holistically, you know, he was also the strength coach last year as well. And you know, I think you saw our team vastly improve and I, I think those are things that we build our model and, and really have spent a lot of time even bringing Dave in it was the process of how do we get better as the season goes how do we be our best when our best is needed and so you know I think for for a lot of it we'll, we'll continue to see if we're on the right track I think I feel really confident about we're as healthy as we've been um, so that part's really positive and can we continue to stay available and stay healthy which is partially you know what Dave's responsibility has really been is, is allowing that to happen and give us the best chance and they've done a phenomenal job of that for us. You've been pretty candid about your guys' self-evaluation in off-seasons. Yeah. I'm curious what did that self-evaluation look like this off-season specifically about special teams? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think for, for us, you know, it was first of all starting with the who, right, of who are our specialists and, you know, I think the vast improvement was, man, we, we need to be able to kick the ball off, right? And that was something that was a, a severe disadvantage for our football team a year ago. And, you know, I, I would say, boy, you know, even Saturday, six of eight are touchbacks in the football game. Um, you know, I know we have the one play that is the game changer and that, man, you hate for that to happen. Yet you have three guys that, you know, on that play, it should be tackled at the 22-yard line. And, you know, even though it's not a touchback, Back. It's still a great kick with 4-2 hang time, um, exactly what you would ask our kicker to do. And, you know, we've got the opportunity to make the play. And some of our veteran players who are RA players on those units don't make the play. And so when you don't do that or do your job so the other people can make the play, then something, you know, something bad can happen, especially on special teams. It takes one guy not to do their job. And when you have two, um, that, that, that makes it tough. And so, you know, I, I really think from, from our end, we felt really good about where we were on special teams teams, um, just knowing that there were going to be some growing pains early with who's going to be the punt returner, who's going to be the kick returner. You lost some of those really good pieces, but other pieces around were back. Um, and then the same thing with the punter piece. You know, you're, you're talking about a brand new punter in there, and, you know, Joe Rivera did such a great job for the last two years of, of punting, and you know, where his placement was to what his hang time was, it really allowed our coverage to be good. Um, but, you know, those are things that have been inefficient so far this season, and that's just not one person that's a collective area so um, you know I think those are things we 
got to continue to hammer away at. But I think the starting point for us is, man, there's a lot of turnover at who was handling the main parts of all those duties. Um, one area we, we felt great about with Andrew coming in. The other area we knew, you know, man, we're going to have to get through the early part of the season to see who's the best answers are at some of those spots for our team. You mentioned the six of eight touchbacks. Did Andrew just not get those two or were they supposed to – I think they were back-to-back. So were they supposed to be – short of the end zone or he just didn't connect all the way yeah I think he didn't connect all the way you know and and you know they and they're bringing it out you know I think the one he brings out uh, maybe one yard deep in the end zone so you know they're good returner you know we knew he's going to be aggressive you know that's not on our kicker by any stretch of imagination that's on he had elite hang time on it and, and really have multiple opportunities to make the play and really that's more on the coverage unit than is the kicker my last one on this the punt unit mm-hmm. has been inconsistent and obviously was Saturday what is there any changes there or what do you want to see? Yeah, well, I think you, you have to look at everything, you know, and, and I do think at that piece of it, it is with, you know, in terms of punting the football, it's got to start with that, you know. You know, I, I think sometimes you look at the, the coverage piece of it, but, man, it's hang time, it's ball placement, and, you know, we've got some of our best players on our football team on the coverage unit. So, you know, I, I think from the reality of that aspect of it, you know, we have to do a great job in terms of having consistency from the from the snap to the punt and then you know continue to do a great job with our coverage aspect of it but you know that's one of those units that's tough because you got to protect first and then you got to cover and it all starts with the operation of the punter so i think just finding the consistency from you know ball location and hang time will really help that unit really perform at a high rate and when we've done that we've performed at a really high rate any Wazirika hasn't always been a huge stat producer in mm-hmm. years past. This season, he seems to, I mean, he has three sacks, I think. He has 15 tackles. He seems to be getting more statistical production. How difficult is that as a player to do, being both defensive end and defensive tackle? Yeah, and, and I, I would almost spin it. I think that's why you're seeing so much pr- production from him because I think he's got the ability to move around. Um, he's not always at the same place. You know, I think for the last three years, he was always sitting at that boundary end. You know, now you see him, he's a three technique to the boundary. He's the boundary end. Maybe he's at nose. He's the field three technique. You know, we, we're moving any all around. And I, I really think for him, that's a huge benefit because I, I think – a, he's showing his flexibility, but it also allows us to create some matchups defensively that maybe at times can be in our favor. And so, you know, I, I just think I'm really proud of him because he's taking advantage of those opportunities. He's made the plays in the moment, every opportunity he's gotten the first four games of the season. And um, you're right, he hasn't been a guy that's always had a ton of production um, in terms of, you know, looking at the stat sheet, what he's meant to our defense. I think we all would know is, man, he's been a critical piece of it. But it's, it's awesome for him to not only be a critical piece of it, be where he's supposed to be, but now being in, 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 a, in a place where he can have a huge impact on the football game. And it's been awesome. Awesome to see. A guy his size at 6'6", 230, 220, whatever he's listed at, how rare is it that he's able to be that flexible? I mean, most defensive ends, they're kind of Will McDonald size. Right. So. Yeah, I think that's what makes any uh, a really unique player, and I think that's what me- really makes the evolution of him um, so unique. You know, and and you know that size is really right now around 335. You know, and you're talking about a guy that who has changed his body from where he was a year ago to where he is today. You're talking a guy that's got elite length, and you're also talking about a guy that I think has really added tools in his tool belt and the ability to pass rush, the ability to you know pass rush over a guard, pass rush over a nose. 
and then certainly at times be able to pass rush out at the, the tackle position. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to him um, to be able to do it at that size. But, you know, he's worked really hard. And, and I think you're also talking about a guy that's built himself up, not man came in at 350 and we had to trim him down. He's really kind of started at 280 and now he's this 335 pound man that's been a huge impact on this team. In a similar vein, maybe a guy that's been huge to your offense but hasn't always put up numbers, uh, big numbers, is Chase. Yeah. And he goes for almost 100 yards in that game. What's the value as you're seeking more consistency in offense when you got him as also a security-type blanket to go with Charlie? So that sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think the one thing that we've talked about is it's my responsibility and our responsibility as coaches and then our players' responsibility. Our A players have to get A's. And I think we've always identified Chase Allen as an A player. And if you look at just the offensive grades in the first four weeks positionally, what's been so impressive is, man, Chase Allen has had an elite start to the season. You know, Chase has played outstanding. He's blocked as good as he's ever blocked in his career which I do think is a product of him being the most healthy he's ever been in terms of an offseason. He had a full offseason. He had a great January, February, March, April, May, June. Man, he didn't get dinged up in July and August. And a guy that's been healthy. So I think health has been, played a huge part of him playing to really what that A status looks like. But, you know, man, I mean, for that guy to grade out, I think well over 90% uh, in every game so far this season. And now to start to get a little bit of, you know, same thing, the production piece of it. Well, you got to be on the field and you got to be available to get some of that production. But I think he's as trusted as any of our players in our program. And, you know, Chase is off to a great start. And to be honest with you, I think has really been the guy that's got the offense going over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think the offense is really starting to rise fast. And I think a lot of credit is goes to his leadership and certainly what he's been able to do and bring to the table for that group. You mentioned your uh, connection with Coach Leipold. What's what kind of relationship do you guys have previously? I mean, what do you know about him even from the, obviously you guys have a lot of similarities with the D3 connections. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I think from, from my end of it, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like we're best friends, but I would also say, you know, I think there's a ton of respect between myself and him. You know, we were in the MAC together. He j was just coming in as, as we were leaving. Um, I think one of the things about Coach Leipold, you know, being at Wisconsin Whitewater, being in Mount Union, you know, there was obviously a big rivalry there, but just watching how he built a program, sustained really the program at Whitewater to go to Buffalo to be able to do that. And, and I, I, I will tell you guys, he's going to do a tremendous job at Kansas. And, you know, it was a great hire. He's a guy that gets it, understands what he's looking for. And you can already see watching their team play, they've gotten better every week. They've got a plan and they're, they're following that plan. And, you know, I, I just, I would say from my end, you know, elite respect because you're talking about a guy that's worked his way up from the ground up. I think a lot of his staff has been with him since Whitewater. And, you know, those guys get it. And their kids play really hard. You can tell they believe in him already. And, um, you know, he's going to do a great job. But for me, it's more of a respect factor and I, I think a, an acquaintance than it is, uh, man, just this best friendship. But I think our paths are very similar. And I think we got a lot of the same value system. What's that Whitewater and Mount Union rivalry like? Oh, yeah, it's, it's unique. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's unique. So uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, start some controversy. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to ask. Um, Zach Peterson. Yeah. Well, he. It looks like he's played a lot. He's playing a lot of snaps, cool. especially for a guy playing on the defensive line, being whatever he is. Um, yeah, just just talk about him. Him. For I mean, a moment. Randy, and I think the best way to put Zach Peterson 
is we go to the end of that game, right? And I, I would say Zach, equal to what Chase Allen is doing on offense, Zach Peterson has been the pillar of consistency in our program. And you love to see those guys that are the pillar of consistency get to this point in their career and have dominant aspects of who they are. And I think Zach is doing that. And, you know, I, I've always said Zach's always been there for us in the biggest moments. Well, you know, unfortunately, you, you would have loved to win the game because Zach would have been the hero, right? And you, you look at the last drive, he's on the punt team, okay? The ball gets loose. Man, not a great punt. Gets loose out the back gate. Zach runs it down, stops it. You know, him and Tucker Robertson make the play at about the 11-yard line. The next three plays, we can't let him score. Zach, <laughs> Zach's the guy who makes all three plays, all three tackles. Tackle one, minus two. Tackle two, minus one. And then the last play, they try to run a jet sweep into the boundary. Man, makes another play. And to me, I think it's the epitome of what this kid's about. He <laughs> cut him open. It's all about Iowa State. It's all about team, and he's got to strain to be the best version of himself he can be. I mean, he's running down on our kickoff. It's 97 degrees. He runs down on every kickoff on Saturday, makes a plays on our punt team, um, and he plays 60 snaps on defense. I, I just don't know if there's anybody more that's giving more of himself to our team and the betterment of our team and then producing at such a high rate than what Zach is. And so uh, a lot of credit to him and what he's doing for us. Not that my mantra today is Dave Andrews, but is he a, is Zach a yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would say that. I, I, I would say Zach's a product of his family, you know, and, and I, I just I, I and I say that because, man, two years ago, Zach Peterson, Jaquan goes down and who steps in and plays incredible Zach Peterson, right? You know, I, I'll never forget the hit he has on C.D. Lamb. Um, we're down in the game in Oklahoma. It's late. Man, he, he has the hit, causes the, the he causes the fumble. We get it. Same thing. Gives us every opportunity to go down and win the football game. He would have been the hero that night had we won the football game. Um, we didn't. But, you know, Zach's one of those guys that, you know, who is mom and dad are, what his family's about. You know, now we got Joey here. And, you know, what's fun is you got Joey and Zach running down on the same kickoff team side by side right now. And, you know, it's pretty impressive because Joey's got those same qualities and traits that you saw from Zach. He's fearless. He's knows exactly what his job's supposed to be. And it's what's a lot of freshmen to help our football team early on in his career. So, you know, I, I give so much credit to the Peterson family believing in us. Obviously, his father being a, a great former player here. But, you know, I think they had to believe in us to send their sons here and we really appreciate that matt you mentioned uh earlier in the season Brees was a little dinged up but it feels like and maybe we only get so much from watching a tv broadcast but yeah. even his body language the last couple of weeks has really improved it seems how much uh do you feel like he's kind of made some strides in, in these past couple of weeks here yeah i think it's it's night and day you know I, I think we know the standard of excellence just because you guys cover us so you've seen Brees play we've coached him and been a part of Brees's life so we know what he has the ability to be and capability to be and when he's at his best I, the, boy it's hard to find a better player um in terms of the running back position in terms of what Brees Hall brings to a team. And, you know, I, I just think for Brees, you know, part of that was, man, getting going. And I think a little bit of that was hindered because a week and a half, the last week and a half of fall camp, you know, as a guy that's that's dinged up. And, and I think anybody that's like that, like I, like I would tell you, is, man, it's reps and being in a groove and, and kind of 
kind of playing yourself back into shape a little bit is kind of really what it was. And so, you know, I, I'm really proud of where Brees is right now. You know, when Brees plays well, we seem to have great flow in our offense. And, you know, Brees is playing at a really high clip and over the last two games. And we'll need him to continue to do that. But I would also say the guys around him are playing really well, too. You know, I thought that was as good of an offensive performance from our offensive line um, versus what I felt like going into the game and still feel like is one of the best defenses we'll face. Um, you know, a, a guy that's ve veteran defense and really physical. And I thought, you know, we were at least able to match their physicality within the football game. And, you know, again, I, I think anytime you run the ball with success, it's not just one person, but it sure helps to have a guy like Brees Hall doing that for us. Yeah, one other thing for me, um, you're not the type of guy that, at least to me, strikes me as a reset kind of guy. You just kind of set all the seasons the same. You, you kind of move forward. But does there ever come a point where you feel like you could use, and even in some aspects, maybe not the whole team, but just kind of a hard reset or, or use a, a game in that kind of way? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I think the best reset we got, to be honest with you, was getting on the road. And, and you know, I think going to UNLV was really good for our team to kind of get out. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a really unique start to the season in terms of what it is. You know, you got two big rivalry games early on. You got to go play on the West Coast. You go play a huge conference game. But man, that's college football. Like this is this is it. It, it all is what it is. And to me, um, you know, I, I think one of the great things is every game teaches us something about ourselves. Where are we? Where are we going? Whether we won the game or lost the game. And you guys, that's, that's, I get it, right? Like, but no matter where we were, there were going to be some really good things that would have come out of that game. And there were going to be some things we needed to work on. And the telltale sign with 18 to 22 year olds is, man, how do we just get this mentality to get better one day at a time? How do we, it's hard to say this, but how do we, we're obviously result aware. We know what we want to get from a result standpoint, but but how do we stick to our our process? And I think the hardest thing that you ask 18 to 22 year olds today, especially in team sport, is how do we stick stick to our purpose? Man, what are we about? What are we defined as? What's our purpose of what we're trying to do and be get accomplished? And if it's just around results, you're going to get disappointed nine out of 10 times and you'll quit the process. If it's about who you are, who we're trying to be and where we're trying to be at the end of this thing, then you'll stay the course and we'll navigate through really hard times and have the ability to, to learn from it, put our ego go aside coaches and players here where do we got to be better man there's a lot of areas coach Campbell's got to be better if we're not better on the punt team man it's it's, it's on me if RA players need to play better man I got to find a better practice schedule to help RA players play better football and I think we all have to be able to take a step back each Sunday be accountable to what's going on, win or loss, and then do a great job of filling in those gaps so we can improve from week one to week two, to week two to week three, three to four, four to five, all the way through the, the entirety of the season. And I do think that's something that we've been able to do a really good job of here. Now, can we continue to do that? I think the time will tell, and that, that's going to be a great challenge for this team. Outside, excuse me, outside of X, the wide receivers, not a ton of production or targets. Does that matter? Because obviously the guys that are getting the targets and touches, I think, are probably your best players, everyone would say. Players, formations, plays. Right? You know, I mean, you've heard me talk for a long time. And, you know, and that doesn't mean there's not more players out there. Um, I just think that, you know, boy, we would be silly if our starting point for offense and defensive football and, and really in special teams, who are your players? What formations do you get in? What plays do you run? So, you know, I, obviously, I, I think it's going to be exciting to see who continues to emerge at the receiver position. Um, we feel like there's some really 
really talented guys there and you know it's it's consistency it's it's getting some of those guys uh, Sean Shaw back to full strength it's continuing to evolve young players in our program Jalen Knoll and then continue to see the consistency of some of the guys that have been there man Easy Anderson and uh, obviously Joe Skates and some of those guys continue to evolve into what they've got the ability to become but you know right now when you there's one football and you got a lot of really good football players you got to start with man how do we get our players the football to give us the best chance to win the game you're talking about the offensive line a little bit ago what's Trevor's return meant for that group yeah you know I, I think really positive because you know I, much like Zach Peterson you know much like Chase Allen there's a sincere it's about the team with Trevor and I think Trevor brings not only a uh, an energy to our group because he does but he also brings a sincere care factor in everything he does and so you know I, I think his consistency even through four football games it's been a huge to have back um, and yet I, I still think at times we're searching because there are some guys you know Jared Hufford who proved that he's a really good football player for this football team and you know you're, you're starting to get some other guys it's like man how do we continue to get those other guys involved too but man what what Trevor's done for our team it's it's been really fun to watch and you know for him I, I couldn't be happier that he's back healthy and playing really well for us what becomes of Gary Vaughn now that now that Orion's back well, I think, you know, I, you'll see probably a little bit more of a split, you know, in terms of what happens as Orion, you know, yes, he's back. Is he back to 100%? You know, I, I think hopefully this week another step closer to 100%. You know, I, I, he wasn't there all the way last week. That's why we kind of tried to limit his reps to what he could do for us. But, you know, I, I think we continue to find ways to use Gary Vaughn in a positive way. You know, can he continue to help us? And Mike, yes. Man, can he maybe spell some of those other linebackers at times throughout the football? game yes um, and then obviously continuing to use him one area that probably has hurt us is Gary Vaughn you know having to take so much reps on defense is we've had to cut down his special teams reps you know and I think that was probably a big loss for us and on a couple units on Saturday where you know a guy like Gary you know in terms of our football team and the veteranness that he brings to those units not having a guy like that 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 can be a big loss for us so you know getting him back on some of those units as well if we're able to with his playing time. It's getting to the time of year where with true freshmen, you might have to weigh the possibility of redshirting yeah. versus playing for the full season. I mean, especially with, I guess specifically, the only one that's probably right on the line is Eli. How do you weigh that, especially if he's just, you know, at kick return or something like that sure. and making a decision like that? Yeah, like you said, I, I think it's so early on that, uh, but we're getting closer to, to that that time to say, man, where are we going with this thing? And, you know, I, I do think we can at least get through next week, which will be really good um, to be able to make the best decision for all those players, you know, and I, I it's certainly – I've always said this, it comes down to the player, number one, you know, what's the benefit to our team immediately and certainly what's in the best interest for the player. And, you know, we, we really have to make the best decision for the player first and then the team second in that situation. But um, usually those are conversations that are had between myself, the player, and sometimes the player's family to make the best decision for everybody involved. All right, coach. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys.